0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Mayfair Theatre Podcast. Today is Friday, October 20th, so we'll be chatting about movies from October 20th to the 26th. I am out of town. I'm in Toronto right now. The last couple days we couldn't get a normal podcast recorded because Lee was getting insane dental surgery and Andrew was sick, which makes me think that I don't know, that could have meant they were both in jail or drunk or something but they had excuses i'm in toronto we're going to see the flop house podcast and gonna go check out guillermo del toro's nerd basement exhibit so i'm sitting in the house of my friend al and al is a gold card official movie nerd mm. and has a connection with the mayfair in ottawa so at the last minute i was like al don't do your work coming yeah. to a podcast
1: and uh, you're charitably describing lying around playing uh old video games as work but yes
0: no but you See, I always remind Lee of this. You can't say stuff like that on the microphone because if you want anyone to think you're sitting at home dutifully writing screenplays, mm. they can't know that you're watching horrible tattoo reality shows. And
1: You can edit this, right?
0: Oh, yeah. 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 I'm probably not going to edit this a lot because I'm technically on vacation today. But yeah, so if there's a little more ums and likes in here than normal. Mm-hmm. Because when you start doing a podcast and listen to yourself, I say like way more than I thought I yeah. did. And so I'll, I'll take out we're basically
1: reading the script of Clueless with all the verbs taken out. Yeah,
0: and I'm like, in my, I just did it again. I'm in my 40s, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. So there might be a few more of those in there because
1: I don't want to edit this because I want to go and do things in Toronto this weekend. And I'm mainly here to slurp coffee loudly and stare <laughs> yes. at, this, at this giant robot microphone.
0: So was your parents' house in Old Ottawa South? Does it still count as Old Ottawa South?
1: I don't, rem- I don't remember what it's called. It's uh, close though. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's. Right, it was a 15 minute walk to the Mayfair. It is a 15 minute walk to the Mayfair. I I, I trust it still exists, despite the fact that I don't live there anymore. Yeah, I see your parents' house. I see your (laughs) parents. Yeah, your your parents,
0: I can confirm your parents' house.
1: Okay, (laughs) exist. Your parents
0: exist still, and the Mayfair does exist. It's
1: really in the morning, so early in the morning, (laughs) so I'm still in that kind of mindset where I believe that if I blink my eyes, the world ceases to (laughs) exist. This could all be a dream. It is, could be. Yeah,
0: Yeah, your parents, I've seen them more than you the past couple years because they. (laughs) come to the Mayfair.
1: Yeah. And, and they're... And you live in the same city. Oh, that's true. That, that's, that's the other important thing. <laughs> yes, factor. and they like me more yeah. than you. That's also... Yeah. I mean, you, as again, you can't edit this right. <laughs> yeah. We met when I was working at West Coast Video, yeah. which does not still exist. It does not. It burned to the ground in a suspicious set of circumstances, Josh, <laughs> while you worked at Rival Rogers Video.
0: And remains a conspiracy theory that it's still there. Like, the, the awning is still there mm. with the logo and everything. So when I worked there, met you, you were in... High school still, I guess. Yes. Which is crazy. I was kind of fresh out of college at the time. So that's where our movie nerd connection crossed. Mm-hmm. And then there was, after I got fired from West Coast Video, I learned part of it was there was a rumor that one night I left you in charge of the cash
1: and went to a movie at the Mayfair. Ah. Which didn't happen. No. But could have. Could have. I mean, I it wouldn't have <laughs> to been. To be fair. It wouldn't have, I wouldn't have put it past it either of us yeah
0: (laughs) and but made me laugh because i was like yeah that could have happened i guess then the mayfair also has a connection to your life because we did your wedding photos there yes which was a fun afternoon because i remember just kind of pointing at a clock and going if we want to do this the afternoon film starts at three o'clock or whatever so we should go do this now and we rushed in and there was you know 30 or 40 mayfair patrons there and they were all lovely, and none of them blinked. They were, and I kind of went, We're just going to take some photos. And it was like, Okay, a couple people moved to get out of your way. Mm-hmm. They clapped at the end when we left. And I saw those That, that happens when I leave everywhere. Everywhere, basically. Yes. Yeah. yes. And that was kind of the early days when we didn't do weddings and photos mm-hmm. all the time. And now I, I, I promised to
1: give you a, a copy of that for the Mayfair, which I, of course, never did. Never did, did. no. Yeah. But it's, to my defense, has only been eight years. So. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. It's like,
1: there's some rule about like sending out. Yeah, you oh, thank you, so, you but, thank you cards within like three months. Of that the, did happen. The, yeah, uh, no, no, of course not. It's eight yeah, years. It's some, some action
0: figures just like jumped
1: off a shelf. <laughs> yeah, that was that noise if you heard that.
0: We screened Buffy, Buffy. the Vampire Slayer for your, your wedding gift. Yes. And what was great about that is distribution is a complicated thing at the best of times. For some reason, at that moment, and this was still just in the. 35 millimeter days yeah and for some reason they didn't want to let it go i don't remember why it was it was probably like they had a deal with a tv thing or it was coming out on a blu-ray they're, they're always dumb about that kind of stuff and lee yelled at them and said this is for a wedding thing we promised it's gonna happen we can't back out of it now very sad bittersweet that may have been the last 35 millimeter presentation of buffy anywhere because right after oh, wow. that was when they started destroying prints and doing that kind of horrible thing. So so really, I did you a
1: favor. Yes. Basically. Thank you for letting us. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't received your thank you card for that. And it's <laughs> no, it's, it's coming. Uh, it's what what it's a, v- a number of awesome gifts. Josh gives the best gifts, incidentally. Everyone listening to this podcast should get it on his good side. You also got me a, a wedding card signed by Bruce Campbell. Yes. As I recall.
0: Yeah, I got that from back, in, back when you can still go to the San Diego Comic-Con. Mm. And we went the year after that, I guess because I went, I went two years in a row one year i went with because a short film i did was in yeah. and and crashed with tom fowler and actually both years and then the next year yours you went ali went yeah i was there and that was the the mythical year where ali and i found tick pogs yeah but so yeah the year before it was bruce was there for briscoe county jr was coming out on dvd so he did a panel with the producers and himself and a couple of the other actors and at the end very nonchalant somebody goes. Okay, so Bruce and a couple of the guys will be down at the, I believe it was the Warner Brothers booth, uh, signing. But they only have like an hour, then they got to get out of here. Ferris Bueller style. I sprinted, I was hopping things, pushing people out of the way. Sprinted my way to this thing, was like out of breath, got there. The guy behind me, they do this thing where the the last person in line is given a word balloon that says, I'm the last in line. So I got there that close call. And then the line kept going. And the poor volunteers were like, y- you're not going to get an autograph. This is the last in line. But they were just in denial. Mm-hmm. So I got up to Bruce. I had my badge on that said Filmmaker Guest or something. I said, it's a pleasure to meet you, sir. And he said, it's a pleasure to meet you, Josh. And I didn't faint. Yeah, that is. That <laughs> like, is. <laughs> and he was only supposed to do one autograph. And I got him to sign my book and or his book. And then I said, my friend's getting married and they're big fans. And I was wondering if you could just, just quickly do an autograph on here and he did the old look at his assistant handler because they're always the ones who don't let you do it yeah and he looked at the handler and looked at me and kind of quickly scribbled a little bc on the thing so yeah so that's not what just that it also says stay groovy or something stay like groovy yeah. yeah and and that was the the every other wedding g- every other cutlery set and bed sheet set you got was nothing
1: yeah, nothing compared to, to, to that. You can edit this out, right? I do. Yeah. All, I do. I do have other friends who bought me things. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to tag all your other friends.
0: Yeah, so when you were, you might have gone to the Mayfair earlier than I did, because, like, I started going to the Mayfair when I hit high school, all my friends lived in the neighborhood, and we went to Canterbury. So we all kind of crossed borders to go to Canterbury. Mm-hmm. And just by happenstance, a lot of my friends were in the Glebe, Old Ottawa South. So although I did go to the Mayfair a couple times before high school, before I was, like, 13 really i started living at the mayfair when i was 13 Mm -hmm. and like really living there and it got to the point where we wouldn't even tell our parents we're going to see rocky horror we're going to see dune we were just like we're going to the mayfair we would just go to whatever was there yeah and sometimes our parents would just want to get us out of the house and i remember my friend's mom shoving 10 bucks in our hands and going just go to the mayfair so now that i live there in a different capacity it Mm -hmm. blows my mind sometimes i'm like I, i never would have it's like when, when dreams come true that you don't realize are dreams. Yeah. And I'm like, if I could tell 13-year-old me... It's like part of a Ron Howard movie. Is what, yeah, what that I, I'd be like helping program and doing special
1: events and mm-hmm. getting you to see free movies at the Mayfair all the time. But did
0: you go as a kid?
1: Yeah, I went... Yeah. I went my whole life, I, I, I went there. And that was back in... You know, obviously, the business model has changed, and times have changed, and the whole landscape of cinema has changed, but it was like you know, five bucks for two movies oh, or something yeah. like, you know, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And they were, they were, they were killer double bills too. Like, yeah. theme, you know, you, you guys obviously still do amazing stuff. Um, but uh, back then it was, it, 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 uh, it really had to, fo- it really focused more on the, on the rep stuff, which, uh, which was great. Uh, It's, it's, it, and then it expanded to obviously closer to what it is now, where it's a mix. Yeah. And that was even better because you get, you know, you, you can go see the bigger movies as well as the as the as the older stuff. You don't have to kind of drive across town. Although there's a big theater across the street now, right? Yeah, deal? and like a lot of
0: people thought that would be the death of us. Yeah, and for better or for worse, I'm very kind of zen about all these kind of things. And I was like, well, you know, worst case scenario, every single person stops coming to the Mayfair and we close, which mm-hmm. is horrible. But I just had a feeling that it wasn't going to be that, and. So not only has having a multiplex a ten minute walk away not hurt us, I really think it's bizarrely helped us because people have gotten more stubborn. A lot of the yeah, older folks they become entrenched. Yeah, like buying memberships or, or kind of you know asking us like, are you guys getting La La Land? Yeah. And we'll say, yeah, we're for sure getting La La Land. It'll just take a couple months, and we're for sure getting Baby Driver. It'll take a couple months, and people will wait or people will come back. You well, know, that's great. I mean, it, that's... It's yeah. We're really this. They become defensive about
1: it. They protect their.
0: Yeah. And you see it online, too, where people. Social media, at its worst, is the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But at its best, is is people being lovely and spreading the word and, and getting cool geek celebrities to mention us. And, like, I mentioned. What was it for? It was for a free comic book day or something, but Mark Hamill did something. And I try to be careful of only to retweet kind of movie themed things, but sometimes you get a bit of a of a blur of the line because if it's Mark Hamill talking about comics you're like well he's in movies that counts mm-hmm. and Mark Hamill liked what I said and then I commented on that again and said
1: you're basically in Star Wars
0: is what you're talking yeah about. and I was like holy cow Mark Hamill just liked something I said and he liked that and I pictured him like on the set of The Last Jedi sitting in his director's chair and like and you feel this connection you know and so social media at its best is Mark Hamill acknowledging your existence in the smallest of ways mm-hmm.
1: But also, <laughs> you get people... That's a very narrow <laughs> definition of social media at its best. At its best, yeah. It's the pinnacle, the tip of the pyramid. Right?
0: Better than that, though, is like our friends at House of Targ across the street, and you get people saying, best date night ever, went to Targ for video games and pierogies, crossed the street to watch Nosferatu. Mm. Yeah, so you see that, this, this social media nerd community we have of people coming to Targ and coming to the Mayfair, and us saying targ saying oh they got this video game movie yeah. and us saying oh they're playing they've got uh, Adam family pinball and we've been pretty lucky like every once in a while we get some disaster online but for the most part it's 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 that you know what kind of disaster on what kind of pitfall can you guys fall the, into the worst thing was or like the annoying thing is one for example and i was just talking about it because we just screened dunkirk but after the what was the space movie my mind just blanked. The Last Starfighter. Uh, no, Chris Nolan did not direct The Last Starfighter. Uh, Interstellar. Interstellar. I happened to be in the box office, and I recognized this guy. He's kind of a, a, a frequent patron. Walked by me looking kind of upset. And I just happened to have my phone there, and I looked at our Twitter, and as he was leaving, or from his seat, he tweeted, upset at the Mayfair, horrible sound, they'll be hearing from me, something like mm-hmm. that. And I was like, well, I was, he could have just asked me. He, yeah. he so... I can't I re- hear
1: from you if you don't say anything.
0: Yeah, so I replied, and the funny thing was, Interstellar and Chris Nolan in general often does interesting things with sound. So in Interstellar, there was all these scenes where it was just spaceship, like just, mm-hmm. just spaceship falling apart sound. And instead of hearing McConaughey saying, I'm in trouble, the spaceship's about... You couldn't you hear anything. This patron thought that was us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's funny, stuff like that, like being angry at us. And then I replied, well, here's the Rolling Stone article where he talks about this is what I did. We can't fix that. We can't set the sound levels. So sometimes there's like weird frustrations like that, or people mad at us for showing too many horror films or not enough horror films. Yeah. Or, and we always point out like, yeah, we're showing horror films a lot now because it's Halloween, but this weekend we also have lucky and tulip fever. And you know, so like it's, it's always going to be a mix. And We've, I've said this a bunch it's like it, it, we have the reputation of a grindhouse cinema but really mm-hmm. we're a mainstream senior citizen cinema that happens to show Jason Goes to Hell every once in a while. Because if you look at our numbers it's movies like The Big Sick or anything with Helen Mirren in it is what <laughs> makes like if Helen Mirren That makes your year. <laughs> oh my god if, if Helen Mirren was Bollywood style Yeah churning out 40 movies a year and did two movies a year we'd be rich. Mm-hmm. We, we'd be we'd be top hats and monocles yeah. and cause that's what people come to the nerd community, which I'm a part of have a very loud voice, but I get very frustrated sometimes when a couple years ago, we played Goonies. Yeah. And it was like 200 thumbs up and people excited and people go and no one showed up. And it was without exaggeration, like eight people and four of us there for free. And it was so upset. And I almost felt like going, we're showing nothing but Judy yeah. Dench period yeah. pieces. Now this is your fault. <laughs> And there's exceptions to the rule because we still get crazy crowds for The Room and Rocky Horror. That is insane to me that you guys have been playing The Room for so long. Yes. And so this is on topic. As So we mentioned Lucky. We mentioned Tulip Fever, two kind of grown-up movies we're showing this week. This weekend is our 98th consecutive month screening The Room. I believe it was last month. Can you not...
1: Count time like you have a child. Like no, how many years? Is I don't. Like,
0: well, yeah, I don't know what is it. It was twelve times nine. Yeah. I don't know. It's like seven years. It's like seven and a half years, isn't it? Something like I don't that. know.
1: I'm not want to do You're, math. That's you, why I'm asking you, you to tell me in years. You've Normal got a child. Units. How, yeah, exactly. But I don't tell you that she's like how many forty-eight months old. No, <laughs> know It's it's uh.
0: 12, I'm going to do the math right now. 12, yeah. Let them wait. Let, wait. let the podcast. Hang on, be... hang on, hang on. It's over seven years. Yeah, it's like seven and a half years. And I remember flashback i remember sitting in our office and lee sitting there and a youtube trailer for the room and he clicks it and he's like i want to play this and i said to him what is that because this is like Mm -hmm. so like eight years ago the room would have only been you know the the room is from 2003 that's the craziest thing is it's been that long when did it hit like pretty fast yeah like the so 2003 and you look at the what if of of any success and I could be getting this slightly wrong, but I'm sure you can go look at the Wikipedia entry to see what the actually happened. But it was like, it played with Tommy Uzo renting the theater. So just like in Ottawa, like yeah. somebody could rent the theater at the Mayfair for their local short film festival or to have a private screening to watch a movie that we can't screen. So Tommy rented out a Mayfair-type theater in L.A., showed the room for two nights. And by happenstance, it was like, it was... A blogger or someone from Entertainment Weekly or something happened where somebody went, holy cow. And also, like, a screenwriter was there. It probably didn't say holy cow. Holy cow. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) He said that. Then it started getting a few... Got mentioned in a sitcom or got mentioned on Saturday Night Live. It It was something happened. Yeah. And then the ball just started rolling. And then all of a sudden, it started garnering crowds like Rocky Horror style or Midnight Movie style. So now, cut to 2017... And it's the craziest story where yes it's crazy that a theater in ottawa has screened it 98 months in a row and we haven't done that because it's good we've done that because people keep yeah. coming you know anytime someone gets frustrated with us and is it says why don't you play more midnight movies why don't you play this or there, that's an example of a, a midnight movie fan was like I'm, I'm mad you're playing rocky horror and the room once a month but not something else mm-hmm.
1: El Topo.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and the answer is, we played this midnight movie and 20 people came. We played The Room, and at its 97th screening, 180 people came. Uh And now, that's just going to get crazier, because James Franco did a movie. Oh, that's interesting, James Franco did a movie. Oh, right, yeah. James Franco did a movie that is now getting legit Oscar buzz, and keeps on getting nominations at these leading up to, like... It just got some nominations at the Gotham Awards. You just that. might crack a hundred months. A hundred, yeah. <laughs> and just might. People keep on asking us what we're doing for the hundredth month. And we're just like, as we record this, hopefully this weekend, we're going to have this figured out. And if anyone listens to the podcast, they can kind of figure out what we're doing. Because Lee keeps on forgetting we're talking into a microphone and not just hanging out. Mm-hmm. And, but you can piece it together that we're going to hopefully have a special guest. We're going to hopefully maybe have a special premiere of another movie. But... In a couple months the disaster artist based on the room might be an oscar-nominated film and i keep on comparing it to ed wood where mm-hmm. ed wood was nominated i believe for screenplay and actor and maybe cinematography or something but we might live in a world where this horrible film by tommy Wiseau has garnered the inspiration of an oscar-nominated film and tommy is delusional eccentric And my dream is that it's nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, it wins, and that James Franco brings Tommy as his plus one, Mm -hmm. and Tommy just rushes the stage thinking that he just gets to keep an Oscar now. And Franco's been...
1: Well, he will get to keep it. No one's going to argue with him. Yeah, he'll just take it.
0: And Franco's been genius, because initially Tommy was very opposed to this whole thing. But he brought him into the fold and gave him a cameo, and now Tommy O'Zo thinks he's involved, and it's going to be something. So... For our 99th and hundredth month, we're probably gonna be doing some pretty special things. But a couple, like you know, fifty months ago, there was a couple months that were a bit slower, mm-hmm. and kind of jokingly, we
1: we're like, "Oh, maybe we can finally stop showing it," and then it picked up again. And uh, I'm sure you mentioned this probably once a month, yeah, on the podcast when the room comes up again. But it, 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 you are you guys like there's got to be some kind of record?
0: Yeah, we're we're fairly confident we're the record. And actually, in honor of the hundredth month, uh, a friend of mine who is better at looking into these kind of things. it's it's, it's an effort. You can't just go dear Guinness, yeah. are we recognized? Alexa doesn't know. You got to fill out a form, you got to do this. But I'm we're hoping to get Guinness to oh, brand us as the world record yeah. of showing the room the most. Cuz as of December, it's 100 months, but also there's a couple more cuz a couple times when Tommy or Greg visited, we'd show it like four, or six times on a weekend. Mm-hmm. So we're actually already over 100, but 100 months is coming up. There's other theaters that show it frequently as well but we got on the bandwagon first and have the the tight connection with tommy was where he's visited the theater a couple times greg's visited the theater a couple times and in some way the mayfair is going to be in disaster artist i think just maybe like a quick little image of tommy on
1: stage or something like that. i got that from your pop from a podcast yeah Yeah, Yeah, yeah. some footage of tommy being at the mayfair yeah uh, that's cool
0: i was hoping it would be one of those um you know at the end of a movie where they're like and here's some text of what happened later in this yeah. bio. That's what I wanted. Like, and the and and in, in 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 Ottawa, Canada, the this horrible movie has screened 100 <laughs> months in a row. But yeah, so that's this weekend is our 98th month. And Congratulations. Yeah, so it's 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 quite something. It's as I said to Al, the, you, there's never a worry on a podcast of, of not having a long enough podcast because mm. two of us can get together and just talk about movies for two hours.
1: But you have other things. What are you doing today? You're writing something. Uh, yeah, I got uh, I got a, I got a couple. Episodes to to turn in this weekend.
0: Yeah, what do you? So your your resume
1: last couple years was, uh, twenty four hour rental. Yeah, I did the show for twenty four hour rental for Super Channel uh, a few couple years ago. Uh, I've been working on the show Blood and Water for Rogers for the past three years. So we're we're just working on our third block of episodes right now. Uh, You may remember me from such exciting movies of the week as yes. sorority surrogate oh yes oh yeah that was a class that was, a good one. That, was that was a big hit actually <laughs> that 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 uh that won a cesar award i believe i i i don't want to look into it but i'm gonna i'm gonna say yeah i don't go on the internet because mark hamill never retreated me so no i'm, I'm done with this cesspool yeah. of social media but. and 24 and hour rental myself and
0: friend of mayfair kelly Tyndall, really appreciated you working on that 'Cause that garnered us getting a handshake from right. Michael Bean. That's right. Michael Bean was in that, yeah, yeah. And I love Aliens. Kelly loves Aliens. Yes. Like his favorite film. Mm-hmm. And Kelly was like meeting the Beatles nervous. Yeah. You know, I am surprised he didn't kind of start getting choked up and talking like a fool in front of Michael. And I met Michael for five seconds, seemed like a lovely gentleman. Also seemed like he'd rather be at home. You know, yeah. <laughs> like he didn't he's like he didn't seem like, Yay, I'm at the Comic Con, you know. But I love it because, yeah, like now I get my six degrees of separation from Aliens is much closer oh, now. Oh, definitely, yeah.
1: Because you got to do a, a, a TV show with the coolest guy in Aliens. The great Michael Bean. Yeah, yeah. I should have, I, I, and since then I've stepped up my collection of Michael Bean action figures. Oh, and yeah. It's really, it's really exploded.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so Al, Al's in the trenches of screenwriting. Yeah. Has a few other projects on the go. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm
1: not allowed to talk about them, but yes. Yeah.
0: You take, no one you here, <laughs> <Yeah. come> on. <laughs> I I love the thought of people talking about something on here and then and you really never know because it really is like someone could listen to this yeah. and on the Mayfair Twitter account go oh cool I heard about somebody working on blank yeah and then that could get like people say why why don't you just play Star Wars at the Mayfair and you're like well because they'd find out in four seconds because yeah. I'm sure if we put on Twitter we're showing an unauthorized screening of Star Wars tonight. It would get flagged in a second, and then we would
1: lose our... Someone has, someone has a Google Alert set up yeah. at Lucasfilm.
0: And then Lucasfilm and Disney wouldn't let us show their movies anymore. Yeah. You know, so. But yeah, so I told out this is a packed week, and we would run out of time and then have to talk about this at the end for 10 minutes, so that's what we're going to do now. <laughs> Just by happenstance, and this wasn't planned, but poor Lee had booked a bunch of special events and one-night-only kind of things. So I'm gonna list these off and then we can chat about them because you like a bunch of this stuff. But so Lucky Tulip Fever are our normal films this week. And then by happenstance we also have The Room and Limehouse Golem, which is kind of a Halloween themed one as well, which is at, back for the second week. It's Bill Nye. It's kind of a masterpiece theater murder mystery, but mm. really gory. What is it? Limehouse Golem. Limehouse Golem, yeah. It's really good. And it but it, it feels like a BBC masterpiece theater but Mm. r-rated violence and it's bill nye solving a crime
1: to have violence in in england yeah
0: a lot of violence it was like like and it's a blue blood spurting yeah it's it's a jack the ripper kind of like dirty Mm -hmm. streets of london kind of movie and the only twist and this isn't a spoiler at all because i won't mention names but for myself i thought it was funny where the person i thought did it the twist at the end did it and I'm, and I'm like, I'm not that
1: smart. There should have been some twist in there. Yeah, <laughs> but that always makes me think of, I, I use this example often when I'm defending a shitty plot twist that I've been, that I've yeah, been pitching yeah, yeah. in a room. Uh, there's this movie called Cutting Class uh, with Brad Pitt. It's a slasher movie oh, yeah. from the, yeah, yeah. possibly the 80s or, or early 90s. Yeah. Uh, with like Donovan Leach maybe. Yeah. And it's a, so it's, it's a, a mystery. Uh, the kids are getting killed in the school and, uh, and everyone thinks that the schizophrenic kid... Yeah. did it, who's played by Donovan Leach. Um, and then, the big, then he did do it. I think our, <laughs> it's a pretty straight line.
0: Our friends on the podcast uh, Horror Movie Survival Guide, which is from L.A., and it's two women, it's pretty cool, two women going through their journal from, I believe, high school or college, and now talking about the movies that they watched as young mm. movie nerds. Yeah. And that was one of the movies. And I said, I'd never heard of that movie. But it's, yeah, the poster is like, i don't know like a 16 year old Brad pitt yeah and they they were fans of that guy and went to like a screening with that guy and he was all flustered i think because he's like i shouldn't have fans what you know but um so yeah so deliver us a documentary this week we have is a exorcism documentary oh looks really good and so then the genre stuff this week nosferatu with live music from shooting guns always fun when that happens a live band with a silent film Kids Club Presentation of Adam's Family, The Exorcist, and The Shining Double Bill, the annual tradition of that. So our normal films, plus all those movies, packed onto this week. Exorcist, Shining, Double Bill is this weird exception to the rule. Double bills don't work anymore. People yeah. don't have the attention span. No. I don't know. We'll show Die Hard 1 and 2 a couple years ago for Christmas, and it'll be like 300 people for Die Hard, and goes down to 50 people for Die Hard 2. So as much as we would love if we had an excuse to Show them more, it just doesn't work because we can show Die Hard at nine and show a regular film at seven, show a Helen Mirren film at seven, and mm, double yeah. up our income for the night. But Exorcist and Shining packs the place back. every Halloween month. And a couple years ago, the power went out right during a scary part in one of the films, and people were screaming. Ah, and so it's, it's always a fun thing. Adam Family, kind of a kids friendly uh, Halloween movie, and then Nosferatu with a live band. So that's our kind of Halloween overload
1: this weekend do you and the internet still insist that barry Sonnenfeld did adam's family and not tim burton because i <laughs> i i've never been convinced of that i feel like that's some sort of like berenstein berenstein bears thing like mandela effect i'm I, i'm pretty positive do you tim have like burton. any photographic evidence i i don't need it i've got what's up in here i'm tapping my forehead for those of you who are listening at home because what's what's the besides for the gothic thing it's like if there's no way that Wednesday Adams is not basically Lydia from Beetlejuice, like this is, right. it's 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 got to be a Tim Burton movie.
0: Yeah, should ask Tim Burton. Do you I, Tim yeah, Burton? Yes,
1: <laughs> I'll tweet him. Is it's um,
0: and it's for Kids Club. We try to play, once a month we play a retro kids movie, and it's been E.T., Dark Crystal, Last Unicorn, and the problem is a lot of these kids movies they're right on the fence. Yeah, and ratings were different back in the day. And so a few months ago, a year ago, we screened Dark Crystal. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there watching it, a favorite movie of my youth, Jim Henson, a genius. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, this isn't a kid's movie. Not at (laughs) all. Like, it's it's really disturbing. So a kid's movie now is some great stuff, like, say, like, Moana. But a kid's movie back in the day was... Monster Squad is rated PG. Yeah, that should not be. And rated has PG. a dozen
1: f bombs in it in the first. And not the not not the uh, regular f bomb, like the hate crime f bomb. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. right you're off right, the top. Yeah. and yeah, you're like Dark Crystal is not. It's like someone ate a bunch of magic mushrooms yeah. that, that grew on a grave. You know, it's just like this weird, dark, and bizarre. The Skeksis like, are horrifying. Oh
0: yeah, and uh, uh, Last Unicorn, all these kind of movies, and 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 so playing Adam's family in the kids club slot. It's it's. It makes sense, like it—it it is a kid kind of Halloween movie, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, it's—it's—it's it's, it's very different in the past twenty, ten years what a kids movie is. Mm-hmm. So that is our kids club presentation. This, like, I, I think Annabelle will be fine going to see something like that. Yeah, but it's always tough because like some kids get scared at E.T., some kids don't. Some kids are scared at, you know, I'm sure cars scare some kids. So it's a, I always tell people when a parent says, oh, is it okay to bring my. Eight-year-old, I'm like, I don't know, because I know some fifteen-year-olds who might not. Like well, yeah, it.
1: like my my kid, she she's watched Mad Max: Fury Road four times, right? Uh, but she she gets horrified in in a in a TV show when like a kid's gonna get in trouble with their mom. Like, yeah, that's like she'll run out of the room screaming if like a kid's about to get caught doing something, which makes me fear like I'm sort of a tyrannical monster that is like <laughs> yeah. instill this terrible uh, uh, fear of authority into her. Yeah, but yeah, she'll watch like all kinds of horrific yeah. stuff i'm a very bad parent <laughs> uh, but yeah it's different for every
0: kid well even annabelle just being some at her age seeing certain marvel films that she's already seen mm. would probably scare the hell out of other five-year-olds seven-year-olds kind of thing but it's all like i i've used us as an example before that the amount of horror films we watched comic books we, we read and that we turned out not murderers not well well <laughs> we're recorded convicted we're convicted is kind of proof that I say the proof that I don't smoke cigars or cigarettes and the number of Wolverine comics I read mm-hmm. and that I think Wolverine's really cool and not that I've never stabbed somebody with blades duct taped to my hands that too but that proves that yeah kids are smart and can read proof proof it's absolute proof, proof. absolute <laughs> I went <Yeah>. to school <laughs> For movies, this is how science works, ladies. Science. And gentlemen. So yeah, Exorcist, Shining. I admit I've kind of seen them
1: enough. They're classics. Yeah. I watched. I reread the Stephen King's novel, The Shining, and oh yeah, for a split second, I got why he was upset. Oh yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. It has disappeared from uh, from, right, from right. This is now a useless anecdote because I don't have an end to it. But yeah. like for a minute, I was like, oh, I get why he hates it because everyone always thinks that he's crazy for not no. liking The Shining. But it made sense. People forget this.
0: Go look at the internet. Shining had horrible reviews. Shining was, you know, those horrible, sarcastic jerks at the Raspberry Awards. It was nominated or won a bunch of Raspberry Awards. It wasn't a big financial hit. So people kind of forget that, that it really gained this following. But at the time when it came out, the, the writer of the book was mad. Roger Ebert gave it. Mm -hmm. one star you know
1: but everyone else has come around and Stephen king has not
0: no no yeah yeah. but you can see where if a writer writes a book in which i I think one of the big things is the book is about a guy who goes crazy and the movie's about a crazy guy who kills his family yeah so
1: (laughs) he starts off when you cast
0: jack nicholson and from frame one he's jack nicholson i don't know who an equal actor of the time might have been but like say if you would have cast dustin hoffman Mm -hmm. or or even even like a more like Cast Paul Newman. You know, you needed somebody going crazy. I think that was Stephen yeah, King's frustration. Yeah, and I think
1: the weird thing is also that you know there are so many Stephen King adaptations, and yeah, the majority of them are so bad, right? And he he has re- he, he hasn't gone on record. To, I mean, of course, he's not going to mention Graveyard Shift because there's no point in talking no. about it. But like, there's so many major ones, big ones that weren't good, that he hasn't bothered to go on record like disliking. Yeah, but he's always fixated on The Shining, and I I I, I think part of that is because. I think obviously the Jack-, Jack Torrance character, and I'm not a huge Stephen King expert of his right. personal life, but I know that he struggled with alcohol. With him, he, right. Yeah, yeah, so it was really, a pro- I think that, like a lot of his characters, but Jack Torrance was a proxy for him and I guess to see, like you're saying, you know, this was about a a, a person who goes crazy as opposed to someone who starts out a bad person and is just exposed as a bad person or whatever it is. The fact that a, a proxy character that's obviously close to him was altered in that way is probably just picks at scabs and stuff and makes him upset, but... And And we we screened the, what was it called, Room
0: 237? Yeah. A couple years ago. We screened that, and we, because we're crazy, we did the room, or not the room, we did the Shining Backwards-Forwards, where you played at the same time, and like, supposedly a bunch of stuff overlaps, like, he edited it, and it's like, any movie you do that to, you will find
1: stuff. Yeah, it's like playing a record backwards. Yeah.
0: But Room 237, you watch it, and it's like, I, I love, even though I'm not going to the conventions or, 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 you know, writing blogs about it. I love kind of UFO stuff and Sasquatch stuff, yeah. you know. Any crackpot documentary, you can get on board and be in like, oh, yeah. So Room 237, you watch it, and you could be like, oh, yeah, that, 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 that. But the one thing I learned the most is there's these weird giant continuity problems in the movie where certain rooms aren't where they should be, yeah. and they, they come to the, the, the cottage or they come to the hotel in a certain size car, and the amount of their luggage doesn't make sense. You're like, wait, where does all that come from? So there's all kinds of problems with the movie just as a movie. But it's also terrifying in a lot of it, and has some great performances. But I can see where a book nerd might be like, that's not the book. But also, it's just like any adaptation. Well, yeah, like, that,
1: that you got that you've got to set outside, set aside. I mean, I think I think you and I are both in that same kind of mindset where. Uh, you know, I, I've if it's a comic book adaptation, I've read the comics. Yeah, I, I don't need to see the 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 panels brought to life and the the the, the voice bubbles. You know, the dialogue bubbles acted out by you know yeah. it's it's n- make it your own thing. Like take the comic, take what you love about the comic and adapt it to a film. And I'm happy with that as long as I feel that whoever do- is doing the adaptation has an appreciation of the source material, an understanding of the source material, and an affinity and a love for the source material. Take the things that you love. The comic make a movie, yeah. So I don't care if things are changed from the book to the screen, from the page to the screen, from the comic to the screen, from whatever to the screen, the TV show to the screen. That's fine as long as you 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 show me that you have a connection to it and you understand it, which I think was a great failing of Watchmen, for example. Is that I felt like Zack Snyder didn't understand it, and I think maybe that's what Stephen King feels about The Shining. Those changes betrayed kind of the essence of the novel, yeah. I guess. You know, I don't necessarily for like I said for like for like five minutes. I was like, I get it. This is <laughs> yeah. exactly why he doesn't like it. And then it's, it just drifted away, like everything does. Wait Are you telling me you think Zack
0: Snyder doesn't know about comic books? I I feel like that, This hot take alert. Okay. Yeah, I'm convinced Zack Snyder never heard about Superman before he started doing uh, that movie.
1: I, I I he may have. He may be familiar with the T-shirts. Yeah, I think we this uh, we can wrap up soon.
0: But I will. We watched Man of Steel at the Mayfair. We had it at the Mayfair. It was back before everything went really horribly wrong with this whole DC thing. And, and really going into Man of Steel, it has a really good trailer. It has a really good score. So going in, I was pretty like, well, I'm giving this a shot. You know, I, I didn't really like Watchmen, but let's give this guy a shot. And it was like halfway through the movie and I was just starting to get actually upset. And I'm yeah. not even the world's biggest Superman fan. And I, and I and I looked at Gwen and and flabbergasted. And it was like, did Pa Kent... Just tell Clark it was okay to let a bunch of kids die in a bus crash. Yep. And she looked at me and was like, I think he did. And then it just got worse from there. But oh, yeah.
1: I was like, that's not... When he lets his like, dad die trying to save a dog? Like, just yeah. go, go get the... go get the. And you're really go get, fast. Go get the dog. If it's a big thing, <laughs> yeah. A, it's
0: a dog. And it was so poorly done. <laughs> yeah. like like edit, But yeah, so it's... So you can see sometimes when... I think now we've learned that hire people who like the thing. Whether it be Kenneth Branagh having great success with Shakespeare movies Mm because he's a Shakespeare nerd or hiring Sam Raimi who read Spider-Man comics when he was a kid to do Spider-Man. That kind of works better. Yeah. Like, and and it's... Or make sure somebody... Shocking approach. (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, James Gunn. Before James Gunn did Guardians of the Galaxy, he did a bunch of, like, weird horror movies. Mm -hmm. But he knew Marvel Comics and he... Knew the source material and that worked out really well, Yeah. So it's it's it's, yeah. With horror movies nowadays, we're more in a we we we've screened some really good ones the last couple of years, whether it be It Follows or um, even comedic ones. What we do in the Shadows. There's there's some originality yeah. out there. Seems to be less of the Friday Thirteenth, one two three four five. That does like even though it's making a little bit of a comeback now with like another Saw movie, I guess. Yeah, but it it seems to be more like. Actual kind of one-off scary, independent horror films. Then they make a hundred million dollars and they'll knock off a sequel. But like we've screened
1: like a handful like the Blumhouse stuff, and that's like what a great company we do a movie for. $3 did you Did dollars. you hear me, Blumhouse? <laughs> Blumhouse? What a great company! What a wonder it would be to work for them with them on something anything. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so
0: let's wrap this up because again, we thought we'd have to rush through this, and we're forty minutes in. Okay, and we could probably keep going but you got to go write your Blumhouse pitch. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week in Ottawa with a more normal podcast if Lee and Andrew are out of jail. Uh, Thanks for joining me, Al. This is fun. Thank you for having me. We'll do this again. What a pleasure. Next time we come and visit Toronto, or if you ever come back home, ever. so far.
1: Uh, barely make it to the grocery store uh
0: go check out social media we're on twitter and facebook and especially if you're mark hamill mark hamill and go visit our friends at house of targ across the street uh if you do listen to this right away and come watch adams family this weekend you can go across the street to targ and play the adams family pinball game and they're doing synergy yeah they're doing uh afternoon family free play so you can go play video games for free all weekend that's or on sunday sorry that's pretty cool And uh, I'll check in next week and let you know how the Gamble del Toro's basement is. I'll I'll try to steal (laughs) a couple things. I'll try to pocket a couple things. Uh, Okay, go go work out. Thanks.
1: (laughs) I just met this girl named Buffy. I'm Pike. Pike isn't a name, it's a fish. I liked her, even though she seemed kind of flaky. But as it turns out, you have been chosen, Buffy. To do what? To stop the vampires. Does Elvis talk to you? And things started getting weird around here. Are we having a nightmare?
0: You threw a knife at my head.
1: And you caught it. She was the one person I could really count on.
0: Kill him a lot. Hi. Hi. What are you
1: doing here? What am I doing here? I'm saving your butt. That is a bad guy. Can we go, please? The Slayer is unmasked. Let's finish it. I think this relationship has potential. Hi. How's it going? You're obviously having a bad hair day. If she can just get rid of those other guys in her life. Stab him in the heart! Christy Swanson. I am so sure. Donald Sutherland. Uh, uh. Paul Rubens. Uh. With Rutger Hauer and Luke Perry. Buffy you're not like other girls yes i am buffy the vampire slayer you didn't even break a nail directed by fran rubel kazooie